Pittsburgh's all-star, as everyone's going to see tonight in Los Angeles, is David Bednar. Pittsburgh's best player is Brian Reynolds. Pittsburgh's best pitcher this season, that includes Bednar, has been Mitch Keller. But Pittsburgh's biggest surprise has been someone else entirely. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. JT Brubaker has been, to my mind, the most pleasant, the most uplifting surprise at any level of this organization. Now, I say that as someone who had his back for the last couple of years, although I wavered at times, as I'm sure anybody would when you see a starting pitcher give up 28 home runs over the course of a single season, as he did in 2021. But Brubaker's stuff has always been there. His composure and his poise have always been there. What's been missing? Well, in the tangible sense, he was giving up all those home runs. Although there's some kind of other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play joke to be had in this? If you take away the home runs, he actually wasn't that bad last year. And intangibly, there's a part of him that kind of reminds me of a younger A.J. Burnett. He's got some of that in him when he's on the mound. When we were in Denver just now over the weekend, I probably spent more time with Brubaker than I did with any other player. He'd already made his final start of the pre-break, so he was more free to talk than other guys, but he also was feeling pretty good about himself, and he should. Over his last 10 starts for the Pirates, he's at a 3.06 ERA. For the season, he's at 4.1, and he leads the team both with his 94 innings and his 93 strikeouts. And of late, a lot like Keller, he's leaned much more heavily on the sinker, which is a credit not only to him, but also to Oscar Marine, because as soon as you start seeing commonalities in pitchers, that's when you can start crediting pitching coaches. And I know hearing me say something good about the pitching coach probably sounds a little bit off, but all I ever try to do is to call it as I see it. And right now that's what I'm seeing. Keller and Brubaker both look like they're coming around, that they're fulfilling the expectations that have been had of them for actually a long time. We don't necessarily think of Brubaker that way. We do of Keller because he came up with all this hype and everything else, and Brubaker didn't. But I know for a fact, because Neil Huntington had told me so, that the previous management team was very high on Brubaker, and they were crushed when he couldn't participate in the 2019 season. He was shut down, didn't have to have surgery, but he was shut down for the year to an arm injury as they felt he could have been a pretty big part of that rotation. So 2020 comes along, COVID, he barely gets a chance to participate because of the shortness of his two seasons back-to-back now. He had to be monitored in 2021. So as he and I were discussing uh, the other day at Coors Field, this was the first year that he could basically just cut it loose and be a big league starter. He's done that. He's made all 18 starts, hasn't missed a turn in the rotation. That doesn't happen much in the majors anymore. 
He's looking like a guy who's going to get you 30 to 32 starts. I don't even remember the last Pirates pitcher to do that. To which all of it, I say, good for him, man. Good for him. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. We forget now he was the Pirates' opening day starter this year, and I think he's going to be the starter again Friday night against the Marlins at PNC Park just to try to get the team off to a little bit of a roll. And when you talk to Brubaker, it's funny, especially starting pitchers, they tend to focus on themselves. And I'm not accusing them of being selfish or self-centered. It's just that their jobs are so individually important that they are probably smart to do so. Brubaker prefers to talk about everything, even Keller's success in a team kind of way. He looks at what Jose Quintana has done, and he's told me that he feels that Quintana has been a strong influence on him. Just watching Quintana go out there, go about his business in a business-like way, and maybe rub off on the younger guys who are watching him from the dugout. Here's some of the conversation he and I had Sunday out in Denver. JT Brubaker, Pittsburgh Pirates. I know things are going real well for you lately. I want to ask you about the team and where this this group is at the All-Star break. Is it a better team now than when we left Bradenton? Uh, yeah, 100%. I Why mean, do you like, say that? We are close-knit. We're, we're, like I said, like we're close. Like Everybody in here is able to joke around, have fun. Um, everybody comes in here with the competitive edge to go out and win every game. And... Um, we're we're in ball games and and we know we're in ball games and we're no we know we're competing and we're good and we're right there knocking on the door so it's just a good atmosphere right now. It's funny there's a resilience to this group too, isn't there? I yeah. don't get into the 19 comeback wins, but I mean individually too. You didn't start off the way you wanted. A lot of guys didn't. No, but we've seen individual guys get better over the course of this season. Yeah, and that that's that's the whole thing is is. If you're getting better yourself, you're, you're helping your teammates to get better. And it's just a continuous chain reaction um, to where it becomes a team collective group where everybody gets better. You love that concept, better. don't you? Yes, yeah, I, I can do. tell you, I too, love it. You watch Mitch go seven innings, I you're like, it. dude, JT's going seven innings, too. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Man, I got to tell you, there aren't many things in this job, my job, that I appreciate more than watching someone go from a low to a high. Now, Brubaker never got really low in this season. He had a couple of sluggish starts at the very beginning, first two. But after that, in the other 16 starts, he's only given up more than three earned runs twice. Did you know that? Did you know he's been that consistent? Well, it shows. Uh, You can see it. You can hear it. You can watch it out on the mound. And that's something else that I I brought up with him. I, I, I was telling him, that I felt like over the first couple innings, and I can watch his demeanor, especially after a strikeout, especially after he gets somebody whiffing. And he had, by the way, 19 swings and misses in that last game in Miami. That was a personal high. 
he very much has this AJ type reaction to it. No, it's not STFD or anything like that that's going to make it onto a t-shirt in a strip district. But he does have a, a, a presence about him when he's on. It's never presence first, performance later. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think if so-and-so just acts like a badass that somehow they're going to be getting people out. It's not how it goes. AJ was a really, really good pitcher in the majors and a badass second. It's just that we mostly remember the second part and the bat signal over the skyline and everything else. JT's 27 years old. He was a late arrival and he could be a late bloomer. When we come back, J1Q. Time for J1Q, and it comes from Stan, who asks, The Major League Baseball draft, even before COVID, seemed to be the biggest crapshoot of all of the major sports leagues, but there are always high expectations still from the fans. I'd be interested to see how many of the Pirates' draft choices over a 10-year period, say from 2007 to 2017 or whatever period, even made it to the majors for a cup of coffee, whether it was with the Pirates or with another team. Are the Pirates more or less successful than other teams? Stan, there are studies to this effect. Uh, There's all kinds of numerical data related not just to the Pirates, but to all teams. I'm going to share with you a couple of general observations and things that I've learned over the years about this. One, and this was something that I heard from Dave Littlefield, Neil Huntington, and Ben Charrington, that is that an organization enters a draft, and this is a common approach, this is not something specific to Pittsburgh, expecting two, two players to make a significant impact at the big league level. And by that, I mean ever, anywhere, not just making it to PNC Park. That is the best possible way to illustrate how fickle this draft is, how difficult it is to nail Even your first rounder or your second rounder or your CBT pick. These guys that are taken in the top 100, you would think, wow, top 100, right? It's an instant ranking. You know how Baseball America and MLB Pipeline and all these other outlets have these top 100 rankings? The draft is a snapshot ranking of where all of these players at this age level stand. Well, except obviously the international signings and the Latin Americans, but I digress. These are definitely 100 of the best young players on the planet. And out of, well, not just the 100, but the entire draft, the whole thing, each team is expecting two guys, two, to contribute in a meaningful way at the top level, not just to make it, not just to have a cup of coffee. And yes, this even counts first-rounders who can get forced into the majors just so that an executive can save some face. For example, well, maybe this isn't the best example, but Chad Hermanson is the one that a lot of people talk about because Woody Heike, the longtime manager in Bradenton at the time, uh, gave the infamous quote that Hermanson could walk on water as a prospect. Hermanson 
could do that maybe, but he couldn't hit a baseball in the bigs. He could hit it okay in AAA. He was your classic 4A guy, came to Pittsburgh and just struck out all the time. And he did so back when that wasn't okay. But Lloyd McClendon still had to send him up to the plate again and again and again. Why? Because he was a first-rounder. So did he earn his way up? Yeah, I guess you could say that because he performed well in AAA. Was he an impact guy? No, not in any sense of the term. If and when you ever attempt this research on your own or even just read the work of others on this, what you'll find is you'll look at a class from one of those years that you mentioned, a, a 2011, a 2012, even back when the Pirates were picking, well, actually they're back to doing that again, picking first overall or second or third or whatever the case is, and you'll see the names that get bolded are the ones that either made it or are still active in the majors, and you'll just see a couple of them. But then if you were to go and look at the Yankees and the Dodgers and everybody else, you would see something very similar. It's just a tough, tough process. As I tell baseball scouts all the time when I talk to them, I have no idea how it is that you do what you do. It's incredibly rewarding, as they'll tell you, when someone makes it. Even a low-level, low-round guy... But man, evaluating baseball players at the amateur level has to be one of the hardest jobs in the world. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. <laughs>